Thanks for tuning in to the Starkey Multifamily Podcast. I have with me John Clear. John is a wholesaler of apartments in the Detroit area. And uh, so welcome to the show, John. Thank you so much, Reed. So Glad John, thank you. John, why don't you start and tell me a little bit about how you got into multifamily. What were you doing before that and, and what sparked your interest? Okay. Yeah, so I actually kind of stumbled into multifamily back in 2007. Um, at the time, I was in Atlanta, and that's actually where I began my real estate uh, career. Um, I started buying single families when I was 21 years old, and I uh, became a landlord early. Didn't really care for it at the time, didn't really know what I was doing. So um, I started researching wholesaling, and, you know, I was kind of going after the bigger stuff at first. You know, like I had big pipe dreams. Uh, so I started going for, like, the luxury homes. Um, you know, like the big fix and flips and then um and like this was back in 2006 and then 2007 is when i flipped my first apartment building and it was in arlington texas um and the cool thing about it was that um the lead came from somebody that i had closed a single family deal with and i didn't really know anything about apartment buildings or anything so he kind of coached me through the deal um and he was in california yeah like he was in california um, but he had a great connection with uh, multifamilies in uh, Texas. So, um, you know, it was like a total remote deal. I never saw the property, never met the buyer, never met the seller. And, um, you know, I was able to bring the buyer to the table just through networking online and marketing the property online. And, uh, you know, we successfully closed. It took about five months to close the deal. There was a lot of back and forth. We had a lot of buyers kind of um get cold feet um but yeah when it successfully closed it really was an eye-opener <clears throat> essentially the profit you know the assignment um spread on that deal was two hundred fifty thousand, and uh, it was split amongst like uh myself and like a couple other uh people and um just for that to be my first apartment deal it was just like wow <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was you know, I guess is uh, love at first close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to I gotta follow up some questions on that one. So, you know, I think a lot of people listening may think, you know, that, man, what a lucky guy. You know, he got, he got this coming to him. But I'm guessing there's more than luck to that. So, you know, it wasn't just, hey, I just happened to do a deal with the right guy. I know right. that you're out there hustling, and I know that there's more to it than, than just that. So, um, you know, maybe can you share a little bit? deeper into that yeah so actually you know like before really i got on linkedin i was doing a lot of networking on myspace um <laughs> actually you know like seriously like that's actually where i kind of built the buzz um around my name was back in the day on myspace um and i had multiple myspace pages and i was just out there networking and um you know like and back then you know i was also on facebook but people weren't really like posting deals for sale that much on Facebook like they are now. Like, um, because back then Facebook was really just for people that actually were in college and you had to have a college email address to even log in. Um, so yeah, I would say that MySpace is really what started the, like the, like the brand um, early on and just the networking and just constantly putting myself out there. And, um, you know, like LinkedIn was still around. Um, but I wasn't that big on LinkedIn back then. I probably had like 2,000 um, connections and really wasn't doing business on LinkedIn. 
Uh, but yeah, so all thanks to MySpace. And that's actually how I met the guy in California through MySpace. Um, and yeah, like the deal was definitely not easy. That's why it took five months to close. We, we actually had multiple buyers that, um, you know, like get to the closing table, have cold feet. And, you know, like I, I forget the exact numbers on it. Um, I think that we sold it for like 1.2 something million and it was appraised for like 1.7. Um, and then, you know, we had like a $250,000, um, assignment fee. And the buyer that we ended up going with, I mean, he had no problem paying the twelve to fifty thousand because you know he still had about a half million dollars essentially, you know, in equity. Um, but yeah, like it definitely wasn't easy. Um, there was a lot of back and forth, a lot of back and forth negotiation. Um, but it just taught me that um, not to have like an instant gratification type of mindset. Um, if you if you keep the grind going you know, good things can uh, manifest. Yeah, so you worked for free for five months to make that happen, but exactly. But that's a big payday and clearly, clearly pretty awesome. So with that big of a spread, did you do a double closing or did you just, uh, like, how did you structure that? No, it was an assignment. Um, so the guy who actually brought me to <laughs> get, his name was um, Eddie, and uh, he had on the contract and, you know, he provided me with everything rent rolls, the P&Ls, all the financials, all the photos. He gave me everything I needed to essentially sell the deal. All I had to do was market, you know, the property. And that's all I did. And, um, you know, it generated a lot of buzz, but it also generated a lot of tire kickers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, I kind of had to deal with trial and error of properly vetting potential buyers. Back then, I don't even think I was asking for proof of funds up front. You know, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Um, you know, so I just knew that I had a great deal and I just put it any and everywhere I could. And, um, you know, after we kind of eradicated, you know, the majority of the tire kickers, then we were able to successfully close the deal, which was awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. So would you say that's a, a better deal compared to what you're doing most of now? Or are you getting that kind of spread now? Uh, yeah, we're really not getting that type of spread. Um, not in Detroit necessarily. Um, really Detroit, you know, the way that the, you know, that most of the multifamily properties are valued, you know, is of course by cap rate. Um, but with that one, it was like, it was a great cap rate, which I don't even remember at this time what the cap rate was, but it had a great cap rate and it had equity. So it was just, like the perfect, you know, like um, deal. So cash flow and equity. Um, for the most part, what we're selling right now has great cash flow. But we also sell vacant apartment buildings that need complete rehab, you know, um, which that was surprising as well, just to see that there is actually a market for that, um, you know, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But I closed my first um, vacant apartment building in 2017. So that was 10 years later. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about that one. Cause that, you know, you with vacant, there is no cap rate. It doesn't exist. So, right. So, you know, how do you go in and assess a value, you know, because you've got to take, obviously you've got to take a cut, you know, so that you can sell it to another investor and, and you, and it takes a unique investor as well to buy a vacant apartment in Detroit. <laughs> so, and, uh, and uh, quite frankly, these weren't in the best areas. 
Um, most of them was actually on the east side. Um, mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, you know, blight all around it. So it kind of really took somebody with vision. And um, what we've been noticing is that there's been like a huge influx of cash from out of state and out of the country investors, especially in the Detroit market, you know, predominantly because of what's happened downtown and it's kind of spreading a little bit into the inner city. Um, so yeah, the majority of the apartment deals that we've sold in Detroit have gone to out of state, out of the country buyers. And most of the buyers seem to come from either New York, Cali, or Florida. Okay. Yeah. So where, how do you determine the value of a, a vacant building? Yeah, so, you know, naturally we do look at sold comps from the MLS, um, but I guess my general rule of thumb just right now for the Detroit market is I try to sell vacants at or below 10K a door. Um, that kind of is the sweet spot. So essentially when I procure the property from the seller, I try to get it at 5K or less per door from the seller. And that way I know that I have some negotiation room, I have some wiggle room. Um, you know, and I can make a decent spread um, on the deal. And I still want to be able to offer value because essentially for fully occupied properties in Detroit, um, they're going anywhere from like 30 to 35K a door, you know, fully rehab, fully occupied. So we know that, okay, if we can give it to the end buyer at 10K or less, let's say they have to put like 15, maybe upwards of 20K in work per door, um, then I kind of still put some at the 30K per door mark, but now they have a finished product, which either they can, they can um, hold on to and just collect the cash flow, or they can flip it to an out-of-state person, you know, like maybe somebody in New York, whereas the New York industry, you know, you'll be lucky if you get a 5% cap rate, you know, whereas in Michigan or, you know, especially Detroit, you can get a 15 to 20% cap rate. Yeah, that's um, those are some good returns. So yeah, um, <clears throat> so then where are you? So you just strictly looking at cap rate when you're doing the the fully rented, or are you just using the thirty thirty five k a door? Yeah, so like for the vacants, um, you know, like we pretty much use the rule of thumb ten k or less um, for the occupy. Like if it's like anywhere between seventy to one hundred percent occupied. The sweet spot is like between 25K to 30K a door, you know, to flip it. Um, and that's pretty much what the comp support, um, you know, that, you know, so you could go up to 35K a door. Like we have one right now. It's a 12 unit. It's fully occupied, fully rehab, all section eight. Um, and we're selling that one at 35K a door, you know, because it has high rents. Um, not in the best area, but it's kind of a gold mine. Uh, so. Yeah. So um, do you take any consideration to the area that it's in? So yes. I, mean, I mean, there's definitely some, some better markets in Detroit. And Right, right. Um, but yeah, the majority of the buildings, um, I mean, like we sold a couple on the west side. Uh, like we sold a 27 unit last year. It was actually completely vacant, uh, needed full rehab. It was about, I believe, like three miles um, away from Henry Ford Hospital. Um, you know, and um, Wayne State. So it was in a decent area, uh, but it, it needed complete, you know, complete, complete uh, rehab. And I believe we sold it for like 5K a door. Yeah, and um, it was a Florida guy. They ended up buying it. Yeah. 
Now, do you follow the success of these apartments? Are they, um, yeah. are they all making it into successful apartments or are there some that don't quite make it? Or So the trend is uh, it kind of gets flipped and flipped and flipped until you have that one investor that's really going to take the dive and actually rehab it. Okay. Uh, so we like to leave a lot of meat on the bone, you know, so you know, like one day we closed uh, two months ago. Like we sold it for three fifty. The guy turned around and sold it for four fifty the next day. You know, and <laughs> you know, like it, and like it was um seventy five percent occupied. Um, so I do follow it because you know, essentially, I like to double dip if I can. So if I sell you a vacant product and you actually do fully rehab it and fully occupy it. I would love the opportunity to resell it again if you want to unload it. So I do kind of follow the progress, but yeah, for the most part, since we do leave a decent amount of meat on the ball, most of our builders just get flipped and flipped and flipped. <laughs> so are you, are you representing them as a uh, broker or are you? No, yes, I actually don't them. represent them in any fiduciary you know, capacity at all. Um, so, you know, I'm a private investor and, they're a private investor, you know. Um, some of them we do double close, some we do assign, and some we actually let the buyer and seller contract directly amongst each other, and we'll get paid, you know, of you know, like our fee agreement will get signed by you know either party. So we're pretty flexible on the way we structure the deal. You know, we just want it to go as smooth as possible. Okay. So how did you start marketing for uh, buildings? Are you only doing Detroit? Um. So actually, let me back up a bit. So when in 2006, when I first started, um, I lived in Atlanta and, you know, of course, I was buying properties in Atlanta and then I started wholesaling in 2007 and my primary markets were Texas, Florida, of course, Georgia, and um, it was one more, Texas, Florida, Georgia. And I believe Arizona. Um, but I didn't close anything in Arizona. Um, but I have closed deals in Florida, I have closed in Texas, and have closed in Florida. Um, so that's where I started. And that's really what I was primarily um, focused on trying to get because the majority of the buyers that I had at the time, those were the markets that they were interested in. And then um, when I started, you know, when I like moved back to Michigan around 2011, um, that's when I got back into the Michigan market. And for the most part, I was doing single families and I wasn't even dealing with Detroit really. I was only dealing with Oakland and Macomb because that's what most of the local buyers that I was dealing with in Michigan, they wanted the suburbs. So, you know, we're doing, you know, um, East Point, Warren, um, you know, um, Oak Park, um, you know, just, just different non-Detroit cities um, where, you know, you can either fix and flip it and it's a great spread or you can rent it at a decent rent rate. You know, not as high of a ROI return as you would get in Detroit, but it was, um, you know, like more B-type uh, neighborhoods. Um, and then in 2015, that's when we started predominantly focusing on Detroit. That was right around the time that the whole downtown movement was really um, you know, catching stride around the world, you know, like, you know, people were really starting to hear about it. 
And we just had an influx of buyers that just kept on mentioning Detroit, Detroit. And, it's, and you know, it was kind of a balancing act because we have local buyers in Michigan where they're like, I want everything but Detroit. And then you have out of state, out of country buyers, it's like, all I want is Detroit. So we had to, <laughs> right. we had to make a decision, okay, do you deal with the local buyers or do you deal with out of state, out of the country buyers? We kind of switched gears and, you know, kind of left the local buyers high and dry, unfortunately, because we just kind of just, you know, just stopped doing Oakland and Macomb and 90 plus percent of our deals that we closed were in Detroit. And quite frankly, the out of state and out of the country buyers were paying at a higher price point than the local buyers were willing to pay. So we kind of went where the money was and the demand was. And uh, so that's why ever since 2015, we primarily been closing in Detroit. Um, now we're kind of starting to venture back out into the, you know, Oakland and Macomb areas, you know, like we recently closed a, you know, like a fix and flip deal, um, wholesale deal, but it was a fix and flip in Southfield and the spread on that one was crazy. And we were like, oh yeah, we've been missing out. So it's time to get back into the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. So, so are you are you focused on any particular size like do you would you do a 500 unit or you know what's your limit and size either way small and big yeah so the largest deal that we worked on was actually in uh, lansing it was uh, comprised of three separate apartment buildings and i believe it was like 287 units uh we were working on that one back in 2017 2018 um we would love to do more 100 plus units, but that's only for like certain type of um, like accredited investors. Uh, the sweet spot is really like the 10 to 50 units. I would say that's you know, really the sweet spot that the majority of the buying pool will be more so interested in. So the majority of our um, apartment builders that we've been selling have been between that 10 and 50 unit mark. And we have many more buyers that can fit in that arena. So you have, um, so we, we talked a little bit about, I guess we didn't really finish up on the, the acquiring deals where you're finding them. Are you okay. doing marketing on like postcards or are you calling them directly? Or you said you got a lot of word of mouth, but you had to build that somehow. Right, right. Um, yeah, so back in, 2017 um actually that deal was a referral one of my business partners uh his name is mike and um that was actually one of his clients because he also um, works in the financial services industry and um his client wanted to sell and you know she had an apartment building it was a 10 unit that she owned and he was like yeah sure you know we'll give it a shot and um, that one took about six months to close as well um, because the seller was up at 200000 and we ended up having to get them down to 100000 because, quite frankly, buyers weren't willing to pay 200000 even though it was fully occupied. It was not in the best area. It was pretty much in a war zone. Um, so it took like five, six months of negotiating um, to even get that deal done. But that one was a referral. So that's the first deal that we actually, so that's the first apartment deal that we actually closed in Michigan. Um, and that was in 2017. And then later that year in 2017, we did do direct mail. Uh, quite frankly, we didn't really have great responses. Um, <laughs> and 
we realized that, okay, you know, we got some responses, but we didn't really get any deals uh, from the direct mail. It was pretty pathetic. Uh, and we did like a couple touch points, like, you know, we didn't go five or six iterations out, you know, like touch points. We, we only did like two or three, and then after the two or three, it was just like, okay, how can we better target these these deals? Um, so what we did, we went on MLS and we looked at recent expired listings, you know, that were multifamily and you know the ones that didn't sell. And we started, you know, specifically reaching out to those sellers, and we had a better response rate. Um, and then once we started closing, what really kept the referral pool going with the apartment buildings is that. Um, the power of social media. So like when we would close one, we would put it out there, hey, just so blah, blah, blah. If you're looking to buy or sell apartment buildings, feel free to contact us. So when other investors are seeing that you're actually closing things, that you actually have inventory, it kind of makes them raise their hand. And they're like, okay, you know, I know that you're a real player, you know, let me give you a shot. And that's kind of how the referral business really started. It was all based off that one successful deal and it kind of snowballed into continuous referrals. Because quite frankly, the direct mail just didn't work, not for us at least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, it's a different market. You know, it's not the distressing owner. I mean, you've got the multifamily. So I, right. I assume they're, they're probably doing a little better financially. You know, the, so right. they're, not, they're not that desperate seller that you're trying to hit with a single family so that makes sense right um so you kind of touched on a little bit but you know growing your buyer pool so you said you know a lot of your social media from the sold but what other methods have you taken right um yeah so our buyers list is pretty huge um but we don't just have just buyers you know i mean like we have agents on there we have brokers we have other wholesalers we have bird dogs um you know we have uh previous sellers previous buyers you know we kind of have like a mixture of everybody because you, quite frankly you just never know who knows who in this business and you you know like you can get a deal from the postal worker you know like you can get a deal when you're at the gym you know and it's just so we really try to cast a wide net um so yeah the majority of the buyers list that I acquired at first, it was really from running a lot of Craigslist ads. Um, you know, we really aren't that big on Craigslist anymore. Um, but yeah, back then, like we would constantly run daily ads on Craigslist, you know, you know, like the We Buy Houses ad and, you know, you know, you know like typical wholesaler stuff. <laughs> and that's how we built like a huge uh, buyers list, you know, with, multi-thousand of people on the list uh so and then now you know most of our organic leads come from social media so you know when we have a property for sale i usually put it in the post hey um you know if you want to join the buyers list sign up at this link um and then when we sell a property i usually put it you know put the um, sign up link out there as well so now people can kind of opt in um which is better anyway you know, because you know that you have interested people. So what are you using to track all that? Do you have a CRM management you're using? Yeah, so we've kind of tested a lot of different CRMs. Um, I know a lot of people love uh, Podio. Um, 
and I forgot the name of another one. Um, and I know that the one with uh, Tracy K. Wood is pretty good, Property Mob. So we're kind of looking at hers right now. Uh, I think it's pretty cool the way she sets it up. Um, and I know that Steve Landau, he also, um, you know, I believe he uses Property Mob as well. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, we haven't fully decided um, on which one to go with just yet. Um, so right now we really aren't using the CRMs. Um, as far as where we keep our buyers, I mean, like we just put it in MailChimp, you know. Uh, you know, yeah, so like I said in the last uh, podcast with uh, Todd, uh, I'm pretty cheap. So if I can do something for free, <laughs> I'm going to pick the free option. So MailChimp is free up to 2,000 subscribers. And um, we actually have more than 2,000 people on our list. So we just have multiple MailChimp accounts. And that's how we do it. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yeah, so that's a little tip and trick. So if you get more than 2,000 people, you don't want to start paying $30, $50 a month to set up another MailChimp account for free. <laughs> yeah, hey, that works. That's, yeah. uh, that's clever. I like it. Yeah. So uh, if somebody wanted to take your route and they wanted to start wholesaling apartments, what, uh, what advice would you give them? Um, if they wanted to jump in quick, I would say the easiest way um, is to start off the way I started, JV. Um, you know, it may not be a spread that high as 250,000, but, you know, find somebody, you know, um, that already has, a, you know, apartment building under contract. And if it's a viable deal that you feel like that you can move, JV with them and, you know, market the property, try to market the property at the same price that they're marketing at and see if they have room, um, to fit you in the deal. Uh, you really don't want to be that wholesaler sending you know, buyers' properties at higher prices than they've already seen it. Uh, that's how you can get a real bad name really quick. So um, definitely try to stay away from that. You know, keep it at the same price and, uh, you know, see if that, the, you know, like see if the person that has another contract has enough spread in the deal to work doing the deal. And then once you build up your cash, you know, from that, then you can kind of do more paid marketing, whether you do online marketing, you know, like online Facebook marketing or like whether, you know, like whatever type of AdSense property, I mean like um, AdSense marketing um, that you want to do, you know. Um, but yeah, so I would definitely say JV. I'm definitely an advocate for JV and properties. Uh, actually 90 plus percent of my deals that I close are JVs. Um, so I've always been fond of JV. You know, yeah, less work and you can close more deals. I like it. Yeah. So uh, how, how would somebody get a hold of you, John? What's the best way? Yeah, so you can find me on pretty much all the social media outlets. Um, John Clear, uh, C-L-E-A-R-E, -E, the E is silent. Or you can reach me directly. My direct phone number is 248-217-6055. My email address is johnclear at gmail.com. And, um, you know, or you can just type in clear to close online. I should pop up. And they can, so they could reach you if they have an apartment to sell. Yes. Um, now, if they had something in Texas, would you take it or, you know, other cities? Are you just looking in Detroit or? Yeah. So, uh, I, I definitely am because like somebody just hit me up today and they have uh, six properties in New Jersey and the cap rate is actually pretty attractive. So, um, I think I may start venturing out into other States again. Um, you know, uh, since we do have, you know, kind of the ebbing flow going on 
in the Michigan market is kind of on autopilot for us. I would like to uh, tap into other markets as well again. Yeah. And then if you have a, uh, somebody who's interested in buying an apartment, they can reach out to you the same way, I assume? Yes, yes, either email, text, um, or just find me on social media. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, you know, pretty much all the main social media outlets. Also on Connected Investors, Bigger Pockets, and that's actually how I learned real estate um, through Bigger Pockets. Yeah, I, I just used to scour the forms every night and just lurk. I was just a lurker. I never commented or anything. I was just looking at what the top guys in the game were doing and I just duplicated it. I didn't try to reinvent the wheel or anything. I just did what they did. Yep. Well, John, uh, you're definitely a wealth of inf uh, wealth of information on the topic of wholesaling apartments. So um, you're a hustler and you're out there kicking butt. So I, I definitely admire that. Thank and, you. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Thank you. I appreciate it, Reed. And uh, we definitely got to do a deal together soon. Yeah, for sure. 